Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, the big news, free COVID test that you can get shipped to your home. Why the Biden administration launched the website early and how you can place your order. The signs of hope and despair in the battle against COVID. Some areas see a decline in cases and hospitalizations, but in places like Oklahoma City, there are no ICU beds left. The concern tonight that up to 300,000 more Americans could die in the next two months. 5G fears. The rollout of an ultra-fast wireless network delayed near some of the nation's airports. Why airlines warn the mobile technology could bring catastrophic disruptions. Tonight, the news about the airlines already canceling flights. Home explosion rocks the Bronx, killing at least one person and injuring eight. What caused the blast? Officers charged in the shooting death of an eight-year-old girl. How a high school football game turned deadly. Record airport gun seizures. Nearly 6,000 firearms found at TSA checkpoints in 2021. And wait until you hear how many were loaded. Voting rights showdown. We go to Michigan to see how a Republican voting law will play in the battleground state. And give with me the nationwide call to arms after the Red Cross declared the first ever blood crisis. Your incredible response. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us. It is a tale of two Americas in the ongoing battle against the Omicron variant. Some parts of the country can see light at the end of the tunnel, while others are seeing the biggest surge in cases since the very start of the pandemic. In the Northeast, cases and hospitalizations are falling after hitting a peak about a week ago. In New York City, cases have dropped 44 percent and hospitalizations are down 50 percent in just the last seven days. But in other parts of the country, Omicron 
Omicron is spreading like wildfire, with more than 5.4 million new infections last week. Hospitals in Oklahoma City, well, they have a dire warning tonight. They're at a breaking point. In an extraordinary open letter, the major healthcare systems write, soon you or a loved one may need us for life-saving care, whether for a stroke, emergency appendectomy, or trauma from a car accident, and we might not be able to help. Can you imagine? Well, we have this breaking news that's just coming in as well. CBS News has learned that the Biden administration will announce tomorrow it plans to provide 400 million N95 masks for free to Americans. CBS's Manuel Bohorkas is going to lead off our broadcast in Charlotte, North Carolina, where cases are up nearly 700 percent since last month. Good evening, Manny. Good evening, Nora. Here in North Carolina, even as cases surged, some testing sites had to shut down over the weekend due to the winter storm, and there could be more bad weather on the way this weekend. But tonight, the federal government says there's another option for the near future. Today, as long lines persist at some testing sites across the country, the federal government's website to order rapid tests, covidtest.gov, is live. People can order up to four tests per household, which will ship within 7 to 12 days, the latest effort to try to bring down the number of cases and hospitalizations. This comes as fears that Omicron, which may cause less severe disease, may cause more deaths. Modelers are predicting 50,000 to 300,000 more Americans could die by mid-March. I think the Omicron surge is going to be one that will be up and down in most locations in five to six weeks. It is going to be a challenge to get through those five to six weeks. As Omicron continues its siege, some states are returning to pandemic protocols in schools. Massachusetts public schools today announced weekly at-home rapid tests will be available for students and staff. Nationwide, more than 6,000 schools were disrupted one or more days last week. Meanwhile, Oklahoma City's four major hospital systems say they've run out of ICU beds due to this latest surge. In North Carolina, COVID-related hospitalizations are at a pandemic high. Currently, one in three people tests positive. Dr. Katie Passaretti is chief epidemiologist for Atrium Health Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte, where 156 COVID patients are on life support, 92% of them unvaccinated. For people who think Omicron is not that big of a deal, you're saying what, what you're seeing inside those hospital walls is a big deal. Yeah, and you know, throughout the pandemic, the experience of healthcare workers taking care of the sickest of sick patients, watching young people that are unvaccinated pass away from COVID, it's incredibly, incredibly heartbreaking and devastating. Nationally, staffing shortages at some hospitals have started to subside, likely or possibly due to that shorter CDC recommended quarantine time. But here in North Carolina, the shortages remain a real concern. In fact, FEMA has dispatched a total of 25 ambulances with two person crews to assist in a dozen counties here. Nora. Manny Bohorquez, thank you. Well, there's a new development today in the battle between major U.S. airlines and telecommunications on companies over the planned launch of new 5G wireless services. Airlines warn of catastrophic disruptions, and they want the new service to be banned within two miles of airport runways. CBS's Chris Van Cleve has the newest information. 
fearing massive flight disruptions as soon as Wednesday morning, an 11th hour compromise to a bureaucratic standoff that had put cell phone providers and airlines on a collision course, with the White House stepping in to mediate. Certainly uh, minimizing flight disruptions, uh, ensuring uh, safety in travel is a, is a top priority. AT&T and Verizon will activate more than 90% of their ultra-fast 5G wireless networks as planned Wednesday. But cell phone towers within a two-mile radius of many of the nation's busiest airports will remain offline, specifically to avoid potential interference with cockpit systems that help pilots land in bad weather and low visibility. United CEO Scott Kirby had warned a potential catastrophe. 5G is now the biggest issue facing the airline, which is remarkable to say in a world where we're still in COVID. Without this compromise, airlines said 1,100 flights a day could be delayed, diverted, or canceled due to 5G, with national commerce grounding to a halt. The FAA says it still expects some issues. The agency has only cleared equipment on about 45% of airliners to operate with 5G networks. Already, Emirates, ANA, JAL, and Air India canceled flights to several U.S. cities until the situation was worked out. Airline industry analyst Henry Hartevelt. If you don't have to travel on Wednesday, don't. If you can postpone your trip even 24 hours, you may be better off. I think Wednesday is going to be a very chaotic day. The threat of 5G-related flight disruptions comes after a trying month for flyers who have suffered through tens of thousands of delays and cancellations due to weather and COVID-19 staffing issues. It's a fasten your seatbelt, hang on kind of week, and the next few weeks as well. And Chris Van Cleve joins us now from Denver International Airport. So, Chris, I mean, how scary is this? Well, airlines remain concerned even with this deal. A senior FAA official told me not, not long ago that he expects there will be some, quote, bumps tomorrow, and that's because more than half of airliners aren't approved to use that equipment to land in low visibility at some 82 airports where 5G will be active tomorrow. That could certainly lead to unpredicted disruptions, which is why the airlines are scrambling to figure out what their schedule is going to look like tomorrow. Nora? Chris Van Cleve with all the details tonight. Thanks. And there's breaking news tonight, a significant escalation in the investigation into the January 6th attack on the Capitol. We have learned that the Congressional Committee has issued subpoenas to members of Trump's family and his closest advisors, including Rudy Giuliani. And tonight, CNN is reporting the committee obtained phone records for Eric Trump, as well as Donald Trump Jr.'s fiancée, Kimberly Gulfoyle. All right, it was a scary scene in the Bronx today when a suspected gas explosion resulted in the collapse of an apartment building. One person was killed and many others were injured, including police officers who rushed in to save lives. CBS's Nancy Chen is at the scene. Gone in an instant. This three-story Bronx building was obliterated in an explosion just before noon that rocked the neighborhood. It sounded like a bomb. That's, that's, the only thing, I, I, that's the only thing I could compare it to, like a bomb went over. Two adjacent buildings were quickly engulfed, flames pouring from windows and doors as firefighters quickly fought to protect the rest of the block. A 77-year-old woman died from apparent smoke inhalation. The billowing smoke also overwhelmed three others. We took those people and we got them to a hospital quickly. This body cam footage shows police searching for survivors inside. Get her over the couch. Five officers who rushed in suffered injuries from smoke inhalation. Our actions saved lives. Today's explosion came a little more than a week 
after 17 people were killed in a high-rise apartment fire less than three miles away in the same borough. Eight children were among those who died from smoke inhalation after a space heater malfunctioned. Uh, this tragic and frightening uh, event uh, after the inferno we saw just days ago just really uh, add uh, the pressure on the Bronx. Late this afternoon, fire officials said that someone did report smelling gas shortly before the explosion, but it's unclear if there was a gas leak. They say they're still investigating what caused this to happen. Nora? Nancy Chen on the scene. Thank you. Well, in a stunning twist today, three suburban Philadelphia police officers were charged in the shooting death last summer of an eight-year-old girl. They fired into a crowd trying to break up a gunfight. We get more now from CBS's Meg Oliver. Nearly five months after the shooting of eight-year-old Fantability, three Sharon Hill police officers were charged in connection with her death. Today, following a grand jury investigation, officers Devin Smith, Sean Dolan, and Brian Devaney were each charged with voluntary and involuntary manslaughter and 10 counts of reckless endangerment. When did you determine that the fatal bullet was from an officer's gun? We initially determined back in, I think, the September time frame, we're now sure beyond a reasonable doubt, that the officer uh, shoot not only killed uh, Fantability, um, but they also wounded three other young people. The young girl was killed last summer after two teens exchanged gunfire at the end of a football game. The three responding officers fired 25 rounds, striking four people, including young Fanta and her 12-year-old sister. They returned fire at the wrong target, in the wrong direction, and into a group of people. Um, that's what they're being held accountable for. Attorney Bruce Castor represents the Billity family. This one was a bright, a bright, shining light, uh, the kind of person that made people happy just by looking at her. And to have her gone is just a terrible, terrible tragedy. Initially, the two teens who opened fire at each other were the only ones charged in her death. The district attorney now withdrawing those charges. What we're trying to do here is hold everyone accountable for their actions that night uh, and also to make sure that we can, as a community at the end of this, begin to heal. The officers' attorneys released a joint statement today maintaining their innocence, saying they rushed to the sound of gunshots to protect the community. Nora. Our thanks to Meg Oliver. Well, we turn now to an alarming trend at America's airports. The TSA today reported a record number of guns at checkpoints in 2021. And you may be shocked by how many of them were loaded. The TSA administrator spoke exclusively to CBS's Errol Barnett. It's one of the most alarming things we see is the number of weapons in our checkpoints. A record-breaking year at TSA checkpoints. Nearly 6,000 guns detected at airports nationwide. That's up 35% from 2019, even as travel remained below pre-pandemic levels. And how many of these firearms are loaded? The vast majority are loaded. Uh, about 86% of those firearms are loaded. <laughs> Chaos at Atlanta's Hartsfield-Jackson after a TSA officer found a loaded gun in a passenger's bag. That passenger then reached in, accidentally discharging it. Well, that, that illustrates why loaded weapons are so dangerous, because it's very easy to discharge. That airport had the most firearms intercepted, 507 detected, up from 323. Dallas, Houston, Phoenix, and Nashville round out the top five. Tension and stress are already high at airports over flight delays, mask mandates, and COVID concerns. Phoenix's Sky Harbor 
they'll close two checkpoints this month due to staffing shortages. I think staffing pressures are prevalent across the country, but we have standards of performance for our screening operations. Gun sales are up in America. In fact, they're soaring, with a record 21 million background checks conducted for the sale of a firearm in 2020, and 40% were new gun owners. For those who do choose to travel with their firearm, understand that it is possible and there's a way to do that. And this is the legal method. Guns must be unloaded, locked in hard shell, checked luggage, and of course, declared with the airline. Now, violators can face fines almost $14,000, Nora, and jail time. Harold Barnett, thank you. Well, tonight, the Senate is headed for a showdown on voting rights. Democrats are struggling to pass legislation they argue would protect both the rights of voters and the integrity of all federal elections. We get the latest from CBS's Scott McFarlane. Democrats know they're holding a losing hand. Senate Democrats are under no illusion that we face difficult odds. With one pair of holdouts in their own party, resisting calls to flip Senate procedure and pass voting rights law that would allow early voting, vote by mail in every state, and make Election Day a national holiday. It also faces a wall of Republican opposition. This is about one party <clears throat> wanting the power to unilaterally rewrite the rule book of American elections. Democratic activists in Michigan are taking matters into their own hands. They're not securing the vote, they're suppressing the vote. Reverend Charles Williams is going door to door. He's not leading a petition drive. I say hell no. He's hell trying to no. stop one. Hell no. Michigan Republicans are gathering nearly 350,000 signatures to tighten state voter ID requirements. If enough people sign, Williams expects the state's Republican legislature will pass it into law. Sounds like you're not waiting on Washington to come in with a solution. We understand uh, that nobody's coming to save us but us. The bills in Congress would make it more difficult for states to tighten voter ID. But Michigan Republican Lisa McLean said voters tell her that tighter restrictions, even some that could make it harder to vote, are necessary. One of the top things that they talk to me about is what are you doing? What are you doing to ensure that our elections are fair? They stop you on the street about that? Absolutely, sir. Absol absolutely. Reverend Williams says he's not folding in his local battle. The fight must continue, and I think many people on the ground understand and are very clear that they will not stop until justice comes. Debate tomorrow, possibly a vote tomorrow. Democrats are trying to change hearts and minds in American communities before they come up short here in Washington. Nora? Scott McFarland, thank you. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. We're learning more tonight about the gunman who took four people hostage inside a Texas synagogue. This is a newly released picture of him, and we now know that British intelligence services investigated him just over a year ago, but was determined to be no longer a terrorist threat. The suspect entered the U.S. last month on a tourist visa. 
All right, tonight we're seeing the scope of the devastation from that deadly underwater volcanic eruption and tsunami on the Pacific Island nation of Tonga. Every home on one island was destroyed by 50-foot waves. Before and after satellite photos show the disaster zone is covered in thick ash. Tonight, we want to thank you for your response to the historic blood shortage that led the Red Cross to declare the first ever national blood crisis. It inspired many of you to donate blood, and today, I gave two. So many Americans answered the nationwide call to arms. In some parts of the country, blood drives are completely booked this week. I saw your segment. Meredith Bills and Katie Ripley stepped up. So Meredith, what made you want to donate? Well, I really did like watch the show and thought, oh, I could go do that. I haven't done this in decades. Earlier today, we gave blood at the Red Cross Hall of Service here in the nation's capital. My blood's gonna go up to three people. Donations plummeted during the pandemic, but there are COVID safety measures in place, social distancing and a mask requirement for all. Very safe and painless, doesn't hurt at all. It was my second donation, but Katie Ripley is going for the first time. Katie, what do you think about this effort that you're now involved in to encourage more people to go out and give blood? I'm really excited about it. It really feels like a concrete way to help people and do some good in a time when a lot of us feel powerless. Katie is not just a donor. A blood donation saved her life after she was hit by a car when she was six years old. What's motivating me? is knowing that I can help other people the way that I was helped. And I'm so grateful for the person who donated blood so that I could be here today. So this is your way of giving back? Absolutely. Well, the Red Cross says they are grateful for the outpouring of support, but they need more to overcome the crisis. So if you want to give, we have information on our website, cbsnews.com blood. Tomorrow, a severe shortage of construction workers is making the very tight housing market even worse. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.